Good morning, everyone, um, and welcome to this webinar about we're going to talk about artificial intelligence and introducing some key concepts in the about the technology. Um, this webinar is part of our ITU's professional course courses effort. Uh, we are going to um, have a professional course later in October, who is intended for people in organiz with organizational skills that would like to learn more about the technologies and opportunities they can find using this technology in their organization. This webinar is for generally for non-technical people curious about this subject. And um, I hope you will learn something today and have a bit of fun with me. And um, as we go ahead, you might have questions. I'll, let, uh, I'll answer these questions later during the Q&A after the presentation. So a bit about me. I am a postdoc at IT University of Copenhagen. I got my degrees in Croatia and Switzerland, and throughout my professional career, I've been in some way or another working with AI and uh, adjacent technologies. Um, so, why are we talking about this? We've seen, we have, throughout the last decade, we have been bombarded by media and articles claiming that Artificial intelligence will solve everything. It will solve cr climate crisis, a bunch of um, health ailments. Uh, it will disrupt contract law and every other industry on the planet uh, and bring us to uh, utopia. Also, on the other hand, we have uh, apocalyptic uh, predictions about how it will completely destroy civilization, humanity. We are kids uh, playing like, uh, uh, we are like children playing with a bomb. So, you might be a bit confused. Uh, what is all this about? Why all the hype? Why all the uh, fear-mongering and, uh, and, and, and promises? Well, I'm not going to talk about hype. I'm not going to go here in, into uh, science fiction. I will, I will go, I'm going to try to bring um, some... Um, sober uh, introduction to this field and I hope I will be successful. So AI is already, people say AI is future, artificial intelligence is present. Every time you use any search engines, shop anything on the internet that is, that has recommendations, that has object product detection with a camera, whenever your GPS knows how to reroute you, around the busy street that morning, that's AI. Uh, uh, photo beautifiers on your phones, filters, um, it's a massive part of um, logistics industry, optimizing when and how packages are being shipped, your auto text, text autocomplete on your, uh, on your phone. From that to some important aspects of our life, choosing our partners over, over uh, dating apps or being approved for a loan. So it's already here and it's already being used uh, in most key aspects of our lives. Um, is it all the hype? Well, all of the, the largest tech companies own their um, most of their growth throughout the last decade through to this technology. So, and um, McKinsey companies, the state of AI of last year, came out with this report that says that 
a small percentage, uh, um, uh, a relatively small percentage of companies that invest in, um, in these technologies see massive, massive um, uh, profits. Um, there are large companies that know how to leverage this technology uh, using it to uh, deal with, uh, with the current pandemic. Um, unfortunately, the report also claims that there are clearly winners and losers in this, in this, in this, um, in this effort to, to, to integrate this technology. Um, a lot of companies don't know and don't have ideas how to, how to integrate uh, the, the AI in their organization. So hopefully my effort will at least alleviate some of that problem. Uh, what is the motivation of this webinar? In 45 minutes, I cannot teach you everything, but in essence, I'm trying to introduce, demystify the technology. So demystify what is AI, such that you, it's harder to scare you or fool you with, uh, with um, what the thing can do at this moment. Introduce key concepts such that you know, in essence, what this means later. When someone says artificial intelligence or machine learning, you know you have a picture of what it is. Um, some key processes, how artificial intelligence works in, in today's economy, maybe some opportunities, and we're gonna go over some industry examples to, to, to drive the point home. Um, so let's dive into it. First, you might come across these three concepts, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and deep learning. These three concepts are related. Artificial intelligence, it's an it's a extremely large field that within, as a subfield, contains machine learning. And machine learning is mostly artificial intelligence that is based on statistics and statistical learning. And deep learning are just specific um, algorithms within the realm of machine learning. So let's go through some fundamentals. How is machine learning different than other digitalization um, efforts and, and technologies? Well, let's take a step back and just remind ourselves, what does it mean to create software? So like when we have a problem and we want to solve a problem with some software, a computer, what are we going to do? Well, we're gonna approach our software developer and we gonna come with, we're gonna say we have this stream of data. I want to, I have some clear rules on how this data should be handled. So for example, if I have um, emails being sent to me, I want to categorize them into, into, um, into categories. I might have encode explicitly that if a subject starts with some sort of like a, a tag that I want to, for example, AI course, my student writing me questions about my AI course, I might, you know, see that that tag is in the subject and, you know, appropriately filter that message. Or if it contains somewhere in the body unsubscribe, it's probably a marketing, marketing uh, email that I will put in the marketing emails um, box. So as you can see, like, I have to explicitly say that if there, there is this tag there or there is this this piece of text there, do that with that piece of information. So clear, logical, rigid, logical rules. And this is how 99.999% of software is being made today, right? 
So, machine learning. What is machine learning? Well, what is learning? Learning, in our definition, there are many definitions of what learning means, but let, let's go with Herbert Simon, Simon's um, definition. Learning is a process by which a system improves its performance from experience. So, with us humans, we are systems that improve our performance, maybe a test performance, from experience, from reading a book, right? In machine learning, instead of humans, we have machines. So machines, machine learning is the study of computer algorithms that automatically improve through the use of data, right? So that, that's the important part, data. We are training, the, our algorithms are learning themselves what to do and how to perform an operation. So let's, let's take an example. Uh, let's say I, there, are, there are a bunch of meteorologists and their, their task is to predict sudden storm surges, right? So we have an array of sensors somewhere deployed somewhere in the field and these sensors are feeding their data into some computer system and that computer system needs to trigger a warning if there is an imminent storm surge in order to pass that information further down the, down the command chain. Right, so we're gonna see how we gonna how we might solve this problem with the classical software development versus uh, machine learning system building. Right, so we take our in the classical example we take our meteorologist, we pair we pair them with our software developer, and then this meteorologist says uh, to our software developer, okay, now that I have this stream of data, if the wind is a lot uh, higher than 60 kilometers per hour and the humidity is higher than 50 percent there is a medium risk of of uh, storm and i maybe want to like be alarmed about that if the pressure suddenly drops beyond a thousand and nine hectopascals that's an extremely high risk of um of an imminent storm and if i have like other rules then maybe it's a lower risk but still you know raise some sort of an alarm okay i'm not a meteorologist i invented these numbers if there is a meteorologist in the in the crowd i apologize <laughs> um, so and then this stream of data comes in goes through this logical rules and then if one of them is triggered it triggers are like there is a high chance of imminent storm all right so you can see some some downsides um, of this approach one it's rigid so when we set these numbers, they are there. Um, the system might grow, these rules might be, you know, we might, we might have thousands of rules that, that, that model how and when the storm will come. Um, our meteorologist might be wrong about some assumptions, so we, because we're using their expert data, uh, expert knowledge to build this system. Our software developer might in introduce bugs, un in in unintended bugs, um, and there, yeah. So, so let's move into how that would look like with our machine learning system. So, again, we have we need to still approach our meteorologist, but now we ask them to assemble historical a large database of historical data of measurements, labeled measurements, whether or not at that point there was, there, were, there was these measurements from the instruments, whether or not after that there was a storm, right? And then we collect a da our data set into a large Excel spreadsheet, for example, and we use that 
to train our system. So how do we use that? We take our data, we feed it into a computer, computer does something, our model produces something, so it's a machine learning model that a priori doesn't know anything about storms. Um, and then the outputs of that model are compared with our historical data, what is correct, and through feedback, the computer, the system self-improves iteratively. So hopefully after, if the data is uh, relevant and, and large enough and we have enough time, the system over time will, with examples, historical examples, improve its performance. Right? So I'll drive this point home again. We are not taking a person and then them, they, uh, they telling us how a storm surge looks like. We have historical data and our system learns itself. So just the, the software developer builds a, a meta system, a meta program that will then improve itself iteratively, automatically from the data. So if there is one point, uh, one thing if that I would like for you to pick up from this webinar is that, that, that in essence, this is machine learning, just that. Now, of course, it's, uh, there is much more to it, but you know, a bird's eye view, it's that. So if we kind of like remove our, our um, meteorology example, we have some data stream normally normally from the from from a historical de uh, database of events and measurements we we stream that data into our system this system interacts with this data checks whether or not it's, it was wrong or some other interaction and then there is a feedback on how well that 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 system performed against that data so we see that it's our system um learns so learns to improve from experience, some metric. And this metric is normally encoded in our feedback. And then when this is done, when our system over time increases its performance and we are happy with this performance, then we take that system and we put it in production. And then in that production, we may have, might have a live stream of data going into our system and that system interacting with that environment. In our, in our case, we will not anymore feed um, files into the um, into the system that predicts storms but it will have a live feed of sensors sending info to the system and then that system will actually raising alarms or not all right so essentially this is machine learning all right so there are some key concepts i would like to go through three key concepts um is when we when we say when we go into a company or organization and ask like oh what can i do now with this but that's the first question what do i want to do so my i want might want predict storm surges i might want read license plate from a camera detecting suspicious bank transactions predicting equipment failure finding relevant information in a large data set so that means like filtering driving a vehicle optimizing truck order allocation so we might have to come with a with a with an idea of what we might want to do with with data that we have designing a robust architectural shape or you know visualize data i'll go over all of these use cases a bit later in more detail 
Um, second concept is the data. So as, as you might already know or realize, data is everything here. Our, our models, our, our software is improving with the data. But what, is that, what that data might be? It might be a collection of a, a, a large recordings uh, saved in a, in a spreadsheet. An example, a typical example of data. Uh, might be a large corpus of images. We have millions of images and we need to somehow make sense out of them or we want to use them to improve our system to do something later related to visual cues. Okay? Or it can be a text corpus. Um, huge, for example, a database of legal documents. This is data. So, So any information can be it can be it can be sound snippets anything recorded actually okay so this is our second concept and our third concept is a model you might heard me already talking a few times about models well model is a is this meta software so it's it's this empty shell of a software that um we are hoping will somehow represent some truth about reality or some pattern in reality. Uh, that those models might be extremely simple, like linear uh, linear relationships between two values. Like you can do this literally in like Excel with two with two columns. You fit a model, fit a linear model, a linear relationship between two two um, values, and th that's in also machine learning. Uh, it can be something more, it can also be something more complicated where we are predicting some sort of a value from our input stream um, or we can do classification where we have an in input stream of data points and we need to classify them. We need to find a, um, a class where this, where this um, object uh, belongs. So for example, we might have an extremely complicated model that takes as inputs pictures, runs them through the model, and then gives us whether or not it's a car, a truck, a van, a bicycle, a motorcycle, or something else. Okay, so everything to this, the, 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 the pipeline between the input and the output is a model. Okay, so these are three concepts. Let's go through again. It's what we're going to do, what, what is going to be an output here. In example of our car, it's like, we want to we want to classify our vehicles from pictures. So, goals, data, what kind of data we have and want to use for this, and actually the meat of the product in the middle, the model, right? Simple enough. Okay. So now that we are done with that, let's go in what is deep learning and why everybody's is talking about deep learning. Well, deep learning are just specific models. So machine learning um, contains a lot of types of algorithms that might be used for, for, for the occasion. Deep learning uses a specific type of algorithms, of programs that are called neural networks. And uh, there are different shapes and sizes of neural networks that were invented in the 70s, if I'm not wrong. And there was this um, yeah, large proliferation of research then, then it stopped a bit, but um, 
continued in the 2010s. So neural networks plus, there were two events in the previous decade that kind of brought them to the forefront, and that was proliferation of data sets. So everything is being recorded today. Every action you do with your phone, every interaction with any, with most of companies you do are being recorded. Um, your phone is a tracking device, basically. Um, it was um, IoT now, sensors being put everywhere. So that, that these, the, these, these are a massive streams of data. Um, historical archives being digitalized. So companies going through digitalization, going from paper archives to digital archives. Um, so banks, uh, law enforcement, law offices, uh, states and such. So this created an immense amount of data. And a second, uh, second uh, event that happened was um, improvement on hardware, especially specialized hardware. Graphics cards were especially, are especially good at uh, running neural networks, uh, cloud computing. So n n uh, not every company has to buy their computer. They can run in, they can run it somewhere else and just pay for it, the, which 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 helps with the price and availability of 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 hardware, which made these large companies like Amazon extreme amount of money building these uh, these hardware farms. So algorithms that landed on a fertile ground of specialized specialized hardware and massive data sets started producing a lot of wealth and that wealth was poured back into the research again and this is what we are seeing today still going on that riding that wave um, also another thing that why deep learning um, was so successful is that because of the amount of data these these models deep there they're normally if the data is not there they underperform classical machine learning methods but if you the more data you feed into them kind of the better they get they require immense amount of data but that that in in in, in um that then um make them overtake like performance grows much higher than the classical methods right so that was deep learning so again neural networks plus hardware plus data that's it deep learning so i'm gonna go over a few um uh i'm gonna go over several ways in which you can start thinking where it might be useful where deep learning and similar methods got um when you see a, a problem you might think okay i might use ai for that or machine learning uh, you might notice that I use machine learning and AI interchangeably for the purpose of this seminar I'll do that but normally they're not ex specifically the same thing all right so one thing you might want to do use your machine learning uh, system are, is computer vision so computer vision are a set of techniques a whole field of research that deals with images and how we can automatically make sense of images as you might know, images uh, are, are just a set of numbers that represent um, um, in, intensity of color at a certain point. 
to a computer, this has no meaning. So machine learning algorithms, especially deep learning, propel the field, um, um, propel the field um, to forefront today um, is making sense of that data. So having images where, where a compu computer can recognize a person, a dog, a car, a traffic light, um, also, it can from from like very small amount of like this 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 in the corner uh, traffic sign with very few pixels. It know from the context that if we have people, cars, and traffic lights, that small blob of pixels might be might be um, a traffic sign. Uh, exa another example is used for spying, basically satellite images recognizing objects on the ground. So whether or not some illegal activities happening, um, tracking of key assets in, in, uh, between countries. Um, another more wholesome example is a, a, a trash, um, a robot that recognizes an object in a conveyor belt where, uh, with trash and sorts the trash to appropriate bin. So uh, that might look something like this. Opa, sorry. So a camera is looking, so looking at, at um, tra incoming trash and then recognizes an, an object, classifies that object if it's an aluminum can or a plastic bottle and then sends that signal to a robot arm and that robot arm does its things. But the part here, the computer vision part, is recognizing at which point there is a certain type of trash. Um, so these are computer vision, cl uh, computer classification, uh, like computer vision problems. Another way you can, you can uh, utilize computer vision is, for example, from a set of images automatically, like taking, taking, taking photos of an area, and these corpus of photos are automatically assembled into a 3D rendering of that area. You might stumble across uh, Steve Buscemi's face being uh, superimposed on Lady Gaga's body, deep fakes, there, there, was, a, there was a big uh, uh, discussion about that. Um, computer vision, deep learning applied to computer vision. Uh, here we have Rembrandt looking uh, painting, also generated by a deep learning system, also computer vision. Um, learned how a Rembrandt painting is supposed to look like from a, ma from a massive corpus of Rembrandt paintings, learned the structure and then learned to generate paintings that look like Rembrandt, although Rembrandt never did something like that. So computer vision, if whenever, whenever you have an image, you have to do something with that image automatically or change it, might be a task for uh, a deep learning system. Natural language processing. This is an extremely uh, useful and extremely hard task to do. Understanding human language, making sense of it automatically. So understanding speech, written text, generating speech, generating text. An example of text generation in some, newspa some newspapers today, if you see a short article about some either market report or weather report or sport report that is just uh, showing facts that was generated by a machine learning system. Um, you have this 
uh, article summarization. So you have a long article, but you want to produce a summary of that article automatically. Machine learning. Um, you have a large set of documents and you want to put them in topics. You want to sort them out. Maybe they are not sorted out. You, need, you want to find what are the themes in these documents and maybe recognize in which one of those themes um, our document belongs. Uh, we might launch a product and then we want to uh, um, monitor Twitter for you know how what what customers talk about what people talk about the product sentiment analysis so analyzing what they say in order to classify it in, in whether or not it was a positive sent positive feeling about that topic neutral or negative um in the last year there were massive improvements with some of the models that uh, big some of the big corporations uh, produced for specifically this task for understanding language Currently, it's mostly about statistical analysis of language. It's not like meaning that's, that's still extremely difficult to, to, for computers, but analyzing, finding relevant information in, in, in large data sets, that's, that is what it's useful for. So natural computer vision, natural language processing. We have agents. Agents are machine learning systems that produce their own data. So what, what I mean by that, they will automatically experiment, produce data, and then feed that data back to themselves in order to learn from that. So um, there was this watershed moment in artificial intelligence when, when um, DeepMind made AlphaGo that defeated the world champion in this game Go. This game was um, kind of like a benchmark that was not that was tried for like best artificial intelligence systems could not defeat a an average player. It was an extremely difficult task for computers to fight against humans, but you know they they trashed completely the the world um, the world champion such so much so that the poor guy thought of quitting go completely. But let's hope he doesn't. Um, we um, we can have um, stock trading bots. These are agents, they experiment, they, based on the feedback, they improve their strategies and so, and so on and so forth. So, images, language, agents, structure discovery. We might have a massive amount of data that we want to find some structure in that data. So, for example, here you have, uh, this, this website is beautiful, I really recommend you check it out. Is, a, is photographs of all butterflies in the Natural History Museum of London. And these, there is a machine learning method called TSNI that produced a map of, of, of butterflies um, sorted, or, or, yeah, sorted by their visual cues. So butterflies that look similar are, are put adjacent to each other in this map. And butterflies that so you can find all similar butterflies in the same areas and different butterflies are in put in different areas so this might be useful for not only butterflies but for example finding segments of of your customers that maybe different types of um, they exert different behavior but they are like they form groups and maybe you want to know about that because you know different marketing strategies work on different types of people and you can 
try different things on, on those groups. Um, also, you might find um, there is a website called This Face Doesn't Exist. Um, massive data sets of human faces, of portraits, um, where deep learning systems learn how to recognize what how to recognize what a human face is and then generate new data, new portraits of humans that don't exist but look suspiciously like humans. Um, so yeah, structured discovery, making sense of, of data that, you know, for, for humans it uh, wouldn't be possible. Event detection. We want to detect, we had this before, we have streams of data um, we might predict floods, storms, um, equipment failure, even better, uh, predictive maintenance, uh, soon to appear equipment failure, such that we don't have downtime, we can recognize this equipment is starting to act weird and, and raise an alarm, maybe we need to replace that piece of equipment without downtime. Automatically doing that, machine learning. Um, doing it, you doing it from historical data, um, fraud detection. You do your everyday transactions, and then there is you buy chewing gums in in Philippines, and your bank <laughs> thinks it's suspicious because you've never done this, and and uh, prevents you from doing that. Fraud detection, most likely machine learning system that learned specifically on one your behavior. Um, optimization. You might have a process, uh, a piece of, piece of digital artifact that needs to be optimized to some metric. Um, for example, uh, this is from Desault's website. They have this, this joint, this that needs to maintain the same structural stability and perform mechanical performance, but reduce material you being used on it. So optimization methods and, and some artificial intelligence um, techniques are able to optimize this structure in order to reduce the material used, but has all of the properties of the original artifact. Uh, in, in, in transport and logistics, we might have like trucks that have to deliver things around the city um, and this, this, the, the path they do and the number of drivers and the gasoline used, we, we would want to minimize that cost, but for humans it's impossible to find a satisfactory solution. So AI can optimize trajectories of these trucks. Um, my master thesis was about producing a schedule for exams in our in my old university so fitting all of the students to um, to have exams in two weeks without collisions to respect um, capacity of rooms not to have clusters of, of clusters of exams like all of the exams from like Monday Tuesday Wednesdays to spread them as much as possible for as many students as possible this you know, this is an optimization problem uh, NASA produced a um, antenna that they send into space using such methods. So yeah, whenever you think I have some bound some boundaries, some some but I need to optimize a product or um, a process, 
and I need to swap elements or tweak some parts and there are too many parts and too many elements to, to, to tweak, AI can help you with that. So, of course, these, all of these elements are not mutually exclusive. Uh, there, are, there is a bunch of overlap and they can be combined. So we can go ahead and back, go back at our uh, storm surge problem. Um, we might have um, satellites, so now we have our classical sensors that send, send, send their uh, data feed. We might have satellite images, uh, live satellite images, sending into a first model that recognizes types of clouds, for example, um, and then sends, you know, collects that data and then maybe some text stream from Twitter, I don't know, um, combining that data and then feeding that data into a storm prediction model. So we, 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 we swap parts of parts of or um, compose models into larger uh, uh, machine learning models. And using all of that data, we come up with predictions. So combining our elements. A bit of an overview of a pipeline. Um, so we have to gather our data or store that data somewhere. Massive, uh, massive um, data collections require a lot of hardware to do that. Enrich our data, so our, our data might be corrupt, biased, uh, insufficient. There are techniques to help augment or enrich data. Uh, then using that data to train our model, to you know, do our do our little loop of self improvement uh, for the for our model. Then we evaluate that model. If it works well, when then we deploy it somewhere, and then we measure its its performance in the wild. Having said that, this part is the most difficult part. There are way too many examples. I heard from my from my friends in the industry where data is in such a bad state that that part doesn't even make sense doing. So cleaning, finding relevant data, cleaning data, uh, structuring it, um, en enriching it, removing um, artifacts from that data, the data might be corrupt, the sensors might fail, um, all of that create problems, that part is extremely difficult for most organizations. Um, on the other hand, deploying a model requires an immense infrastructure often. Um, a model might work well in isolation on your computer with a small amount of data, with a small amount of predictable type of streams, but you put it in deployment and uh, your bot starts tweeting racist tweets because it learned live from, from, from trolls on the internet. And um, yeah, measuring, getting constant feedback on how the model is doing, improving it with new data and monitoring how this happens. So there is a lot of things going around AI that, that um, uh, is essential for its success. So to go through some conclusion, what is AI, machine learning, deep learning? It's data-driven self-programming software. That's it, you can take that home. Uh, why do we need it? Proliferation of data-driven organizations. 
more and more organizations are measuring all aspects of their their day-to-day -day operations and trying to make intelligent decisions and act as fast as possible on these data streams. Uh, making sense of these massive amounts of um, uh, newly produced data and automatizing this process cre might create immense value for, um, for future economies and will whoever can leverage this best is more, more likely to disrupt markets be, uh, or whoever doesn't do it is more likely to be disrupted. Um, so AI system can react to complex data streams in real time. Um, and computers and AI are the pr printing press and the steam engines of today. It's changing many things. I don't want to hype like newspapers again, but um, more and more, I see it everywhere. Most successful companies use it in all aspects of their operations. Um, if you want to hear more about the course, we're going to go into some of, we're going to expand on the fundamentals and introduction, many more uh, in-depth case studies of su successful and not successful AI applications, talking about which type of technology is mature and what you can expect at a certain point of, of some, some aspects and some fields of artificial intelligence. And of course, the course wouldn't be complete without talking about risks, challenges, ethics, the way it can actually um, bring harm to an organization and, and society. So if you're interested more, there is a website and we will have uh, two courses in late October and mid-November. And if you have any more questions about it, you have my email, uh, you're welcome to contact me. Um, thank you. And uh, yeah, you can check out the course if you want to learn more. I hope you learned something. Thank you for joining us today.